Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! I have you now. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. I think I gotta go Moulin Rouge. Really? Mm-hmm. How come? Uh, I just really, really like that soundtrack. Soundtrack's great. I like everything for sure. about that soundtrack. Um, I don't know. I don't, for, for those, welcome, first of all. Um, we were halfway through our conversation again. Um, we were talking I like about... starting out this way. I, I know. It's it, it's like it's more like that podcast that copies us. The the nerdy, 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 nerdiest Nerdiest? Podcast? Nerdiest. Sounds like The nerdiest it. one, yeah. Chris... Chris Softwick. Soft... So, yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Chris Softwick, I think is his name. Um, they, they do good work. I, I think what they do is fine. You I mean, know, you know, they're trying. You know, they, if we can inspire people, then that's great. I think that's wonderful. Uh, yeah. If we can... I hear they started a website, too, and they've got some other... They're, they're on the Twitter. Good luck, Chris Softwick. Hopefully you make it big someday. Um, no, we, we were starting out halfway through a conversation. Since we're going to be talking about Roxanne this time, we started out talking about which version of the Roxanne song we liked better, Sting and the Police or Moulin Rouge. Well, this time around, we are going to be talking about Roxanne. Roxanne! I was waiting for you to do that. I know you were. You know what I think? I think every time someone says Roxanne, I think you have to do that. No, I'm done. Are you sure? Yep. I think it could be... Roxanne! There you go. I think that would be like an excellent running gag for the rest of this episode. I don't think so. You don't think so? That'd be a lot. Oh, man. I know, I haven't... I was, up the uh, vocal was, cords I was, yet. I was looking forward to it. I'm well. Get used now to I'm disappointment. Saying, oh man, I hate waiting. All right. Um, <laughs> did I tell you the other day that I was out at the bus stop um, getting the kids on the bus, and one of the other dads was waving to the kids, and he says, uh, "Is this the Princess Bride thing?" Yes. Yeah. And he, and he said, uh, "Have fun storming the castle," and then I turned to the guy and I go, "You think it would work?" And I'm waiting for him to do the next line, which is. It would take a miracle. Thank you. He didn't say it. He just goes, I don't know. I'm like, no. <laughs> Boo. No. Boo. 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 <laughs> That's two months from now. Oh, I'm so excited. I think it's two months I from really now. I really hope I can I be there for that one. Oh, man. One of the best movies ever. Um, anyway, kudos to my wife who then turned to me as we were leaving the bus stop, and she goes, I knew what the next line was. And I was like, she, that's right. That's she why have jumped in. That's why I married you. She should have jumped in. Well, that, yeah. It would have been nice. I would have been doubly impressed, but it's okay. All right. Well, this time around, um, maybe I won't say the name of the movie again, just in case you feel like singing, but um, I have Jeff Mazuka with me here. Hi. How you doing, Jeff? I'm, I'm well. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um, I am John Reed, if you didn't know that from before. We are going to just very quickly remind you that we are on all the different places that you can find podcasts. Um, it... I would assume you found us if you're listening to us right now. It would be logical. That would make sense. 
but maybe it just... I, don't I mean, know. I try not to apply logic anywhere. No, don't do that. Not in this day and age. Are you kidding? It's 2017. There's no logic in 2017. That's true. Yeah. Um, so we are on all the different places, Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play, iTunes. Uh, you can find us on our website, 330podcast.com. Um, you can, uh, since we are on iTunes and all those other places, please feel free if you are enjoying the show, uh, go give us a rating. If you have any questions, suggestions, anything like that, you can always get in touch with us through one of the different ways uh, on the social medias. Uh, we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We've got email. We do all that other stuff. So if you've got something that you want us to know or something that you want to ask or suggest, then feel free to let us know. Very quickly, we do also spoil the movies that we're talking about. So if you don't want to be spoiled, um, maybe go watch the movie first and then come on back. We will still be here. Uh, do you want to just sit here and wait until they watch the movie? Sure. Okay. We'll sit here and wait. So what are you doing later? Uh, recording a podcast. I got a 3D printer thing going that I'm going to have to check Ooh, on in a bit. Nice. What are you printing? Well, one of my students designed a mug. Oh, on a lighter note, uh, that one kid that was selling the Girl Scout cookies, did she bring the cookies yet? Not yet. <sighs> I got I to gotta have my... Th- the, the cookies I'm not supposed to have anymore. I'll take your stash. No, you will not. I'm going to take those and I'm going to pretend not to eat them. And the privacy of my own home where I can eat cookies and nobody knows it. I'll tell your wife. I will bribe her with Thin Mints. Then what will you have? The peanut butter ones. Oh, touche. Uh-huh. Um, you want to tell me a little bit about this Steve Martin Martin Short thing you got going on? I Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what I know, which is actually very little. Okay. I received an Sometimes email. Sometimes it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I received an email from Ticketmaster about a two-night stopover in Chicago and that uh, that features Steve Martin and Martin Short, and they'll be on stage uh, kvitzing and doing some music, and I guess showing scenes from their movies and discussing stories about working in Hollywood. And <clears throat> I mean, you know, for for me, and I think for us, and you know, I'll even speak for the entire uh, podcast crew here. Steve Martin and Martin Short were very influential in our comedic movie viewing and you know those are two actors that we kind of uh, grew up watching in the 80s so when this opportunity came up to go see them I threw it on my calendar really quickly just so I wouldn't forget about it and uh, check with the missus to see if she would be interested in going expecting her to say no um, because getting as involved in movies as we get uh, she usually just sort of backs away and like, yeah, okay, I saw a movie. I don't feel the need to discuss it for an hour and a half. But I mentioned it to her that I want to go home. I said, hey, did you see this on the calendar? She said, yeah, what is that? I said, oh, well, you know, it's these two guys and they're doing this thing. And I said, well, that sounds like fun. Do you want to go? And I almost fell out of my chair. Done. <laughs> and immediately jumped online. Order tickets and, now. <laughs> yeah, ordered my tickets. Ticket is pretty reasonable for, uh, for the, you know, for the, entertainment that's going to be uh, coming our way that night. So, I mean, like I said, I don't know all that much about what the show actually is, other than the two of them on stage singing, telling stories, showing clips and movies, and I think that's pretty much all you would want out of out of that night. Yeah, I was looking real quick to see um, if they have any other tour dates. Now, you're going, this is uh, the weekend of October 6th. Yeah, I believe, yeah okay. I believe I'm going on 
the Saturday the seventh. Okay. So it looks like um, I was just looking this up real quick, and it looks like they are uh, obviously we're we're from Chicago, so um, that is if you're interested in going to this. It uh, looks like there may still be some tickets available. I'm looking on the Ticketmaster website, and it uh, looks like there is uh, October 6th and 7th dates for Chicago. And then it uh, looks like we've got, uh, let's see, March, coming up here in March. We've got uh, Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, Texas. So they're going to be all over the place kind of in the spring. So you may want to jump over to Ticketmaster and check that out if you're interested in going. But the Steve Martin, Martin Short uh, tour. Are you, uh, Dennis just stepped in here, so. Hi, Dennis. Yeah. How you doing? Good. Good. Yeah. Hey, Dennis. Are you going to the Steve Martin Martin short thing? Uh, I don't know. I'd love to. Okay. Anybody get tickets for me? Well, we My wife can't we go. Didn't. I'll let you know. Yeah, there you go. Okay. All right. You guys so can go ahead and hold hands. Yeah. Cheap date. <laughs> <laughs> Unbutton one more button. <laughs> Give me those tickets. I'll button two buttons. <laughs> Is, is there a problem with the top button on your shirt, or is it? Yeah, it breaks. Yeah, let's, okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, the, just, the, just the, the heaving the muscles pectorals are just... Are just <laughs> yeah. Can't quite get the button. You're, just, you're, you're, the you're, you're so ripped. All right, so, so yeah, so if you are interested in checking out the Steve Martin Martin short, uh, head on over to Ticketmaster or wherever you get your tickets, and it looks like there are plenty of dates from now until... Um, I'm seeing maybe the first one in the U.S. is March 5th. In Indianapolis, but then if you live in the United States and you, I'm seeing North Carolina, Texas, Minnesota, a whole bunch of other dates um, running throughout the spring. So if you're interested in that, then feel free to jump on there and yeah, find I'll, it. I'll uh, provide a full review there in go. October after I've seen the show. Can you interview Steve Martin and Martin Short for I'll us? I'll see what I can do. Okay. Like, see if you can jump backstage and. I'll make some calls and. Your uh, wife can, like, distract him, like, I don't know, yeah. blow something up somewhere and distract security. I can, a what if bit. I interview Martin Short if I was Jiminy Glick? That would be awesome. I don't know if I could do that. Do it. Do it. <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you know. What was the first time you wanted to get in movies? When you gotta like awkwardly like shift your legs. So bit. tell yeah. me about the first time you had an interesting moment in Hollywood. Who was it with? And what were you doing? No, that's all I got. Nice job. Thank you. This teaching thing don't work <laughs> out. Nah, you, you can be a Martin Short impersonator. <laughs> all right. All Well, um, I don't think we have any other new movie news yet. It's most of the stuff that's come out lately is all Star Wars and Logan and Marvel and stuff we've already talked about. So I don't think there's yeah. anything too new. Did you see anything? Uh, just a couple of new TV spots for Beauty and the Beast. Okay. With, that features more of the vocals. Okay. That sounds good. It looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to see it. Okay. I did, Oh, I did hear the other day that they're going to do a live action, which I don't. I guess that just means then real animals, uh, The Lion King. Yeah, I've read that as well. John Favreau is going to direct it. Is he directing that. it? Okay. Because he just did um, Jungle Book okay. for oh, Disney. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's the same sort of thing. Where same thing. Okay. I did hear that James Earl Jones is going to be Mufasa, mm-hmm. and Donald Glover is going to be Simba. Simba. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, young Lando who's, and Darth Vader. Who's going to be? Wait. Simba. It, Simba? Donald Glover. So, and he's going to be Lando in the new... Hey, oh, you saw that picture of the <laughs> yeah, new Han Solo movie? All the, yeah, I did. All the, the cast, cast that's sitting in the, in the cockpit Millennium of the Millennium Falcon. Falcon. Okay. Man. Big Wookiee. Big Wookiee in the background, too. You okay, Dennis? Yeah, yeah. What's wrong? Nothing. You all right? I was just going to say, yeah. I imagine you get a 
Queen's Taxi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do have a I do have a runny nose. <laughs> Thanks, Donald. All right. We're not going to make this political again. I'm not going to do that. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about Roxanne. Uh, Roxanne came out June 19th, 1987, rated PG. Uh, the director was Fred... How do you think you say his last name? Is it Shapizzi? I think it's... Yeah, it's, I think I was... When I was okay. Shapizzi. We're going to go Shapizzi. Shapizzi, Shapizzi. Either one of those. Uh, did Plenty, A Cry in the Dark, Mr. Baseball, and IQ. Uh, producers on this one, Daniel Melnick, who died in 2009, did Straw Dogs, Footloose, and Blue Streak. Uh, Michael Rack- Rackmill, I'm going to go with Rackmill, uh, did Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, No Holds Barred, Flatliners, and L.A. Story. Writers on this one, um, they credit uh, Redmond Rostand as the playwright who died in 1918, who wrote the original Cyrano de Bergerac, a French play, and then Steve Martin obviously wrote the screenplay to this one. He also wrote for the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour, Sonny and Cher Comedy Hour, The Jerk, Three Amigos, L.A. Story, as well as several others. Music was done by Bruce Smeaton, who did The Cars That Eat People, Plenty, and A Cry in the Dark. Um, When I see titles like that, Cars That Eat People, I just kind of want to go find those and see what it's about. I don't think you have to apply too much effort in figuring that one out. I know, but it's like, I mean, it's like like the blob. Because the blob is just the blob, but it's a fun, crazy movie. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious to know. I would like to go find the cars that eat people. Like killer clowns from outer space? Yes. So, right. if you know where I can find this movie, I would I would love to watch it. I'll uh, make some calls. Okay. Might be on YouTube somewhere. Um, budget for this one is $12 million. The box office was $40 million, so it did pretty well. Steve Martin played C.D. Bales. He was in The Jerk, Three Amigos, Planes, Trains, Automobiles, Father of the Bride. Daryl Hannah was Roxanne. Do you want to nope. sing it? No? You're not going to do it? I heard my voice. Oh, come on. All right. So Daryl Hannah was Roxanne. She was in Blade Runner, Splash, Wall Street, and Kill Bill. Rick Rosevich was Chris. He was in The Terminator, Top Gun, and Navy Seals. Shelley Duvall was Dixie. She was in Annie Hall, The Shining, Popeye, and Time Bandits. John Capellas was Chuck. He was in 16 Candles, The Breakfast Club, Weird Science. Fred Willard played Mayor Debs. He was in This is Spinal Tap, Anchorman, and Wally. Uh, Max Alexander, who died in 2016, played Dean. He was in Man on the Moon, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, and Trainwreck. Michael Pollard played Andy. He was in Scrooged, uh, the Superboy TV series as Mix... I'm going to mess up the name. Mr. Mixes Pitlick? How, how do you say that? Do you say Mixes Pitlick? Yes, something like <laughs> okay. that. How do you say it, How do you say it, Dennis? Mixes like Pitlick? I'd have to, I'd have to okay. take a look. we got to say it backwards. That's, that's what makes him go away. Yeah. Kitzel Mitzitzipimu. Super Califragilisticexpialidocious. There you go. Steve Middleman played Ralston. He was in Beer and the Out of Towners. Damon Wayans played Beer. Beer. It was a movie called Beer. Just a movie called Beer. Which maybe I can watch that after I watch the cars that eat people. I'll just go straight to Beer. There we go. Um, Damon Wayans played Jerry. He was in Beverly Hills Cop and Living Color, Earth Girls Are Easy, My Wife and Kids, the TV show, and the new Lethal Weapon TV series. Uh, Matt Latanzi played Trent. He was in Grease 2 and My Tutor. And Chandra Berry played Sandy. Uh, she did not do a whole lot of acting after this movie, but it was in the costume department on the movie Good Night and Good Luck, The Prestige, and Ocean's 13. Uh, critics, the Rotten Tomatoes critics gave this one an 89%. The audience gave it a 62%. Uh, Siskel and Ebert both gave it three and a half stars. 
Uh, Siskel called it, um, he said, Our flick of the week is Roxanne, a wonderfully <clears throat> funny modernization of Cyrano de Bergerac, the classic play about the 17th century long-nosed poet forced to write someone else's love letters to the woman he loves. Ebert said, Roxanne is a gentle, whimsical comedy starring Steve Martin as a man who knows he has the love of a whole town because he is such a nice guy but fears he will never have the love of a woman because his nose is too big. Uh, I think Siskel also listed this as one of his top ten movies of 1987. CinemaScore gave it an A. Uh, awards for this and the awards that it won were L.A. Film Critics Association Award for Best Actor for Steve Martin, National Society of Film Critics Award Best Actor for Steve Martin, and the Writers Guild of America Best Screenplay Based on Material from Another Medium, Steve Martin. Summary, C.D. Bales is the fire chief of Nelson, a kind of ski resort town. His day usually consists of dealing with his inept team of firemen and the near-constant stream of comments about his enormous nose. That is until one day, when a beautiful astronomy student moves into town and C.D. falls for her. Unfortunately for him, she's fallen for one of his new firemen, who is all looks and no brains. Can I look at those nose cards one more time? Oh, yeah. C.D. Bales had a small problem. They said it was big, but I didn't expect it to be big. <laughs> he could handle every situation. Except the one that mattered most. I'm out of my house. Come on inside, I'll get some tools. I don't have any clothes on. <clears throat> Maybe you'd like some wine with your nose. Cheese. I want to look like Diana Ross. I think she's fallen in love, but she doesn't know it yet. There's someone I think I should get to know better. His name's Chris McConnell. This time I want you to do it, Dave. I want you to cut the thing off! Maybe you could encourage him a little. Look, she wants somebody who looks like me and talks like you. Don't panic, stay calm, stay calm. Because there is a heart here. That's good, that's okay. That wants you worse to know. There's a possible 502 on Maine. So why'd you say those things? Tell her you were afraid of worms. Because I was afraid of worms, Roxanne, worms. Worms. Love may be blind. Get out. Get in. No, get out. Get in. But hopefully, Roxanne isn't. Steve Martin. Hey! Daryl Hannah. Why don't you just get that nose job? I did. Roxanne. Hello! Wow. Oh. Fifteen love. Well, Steve Martin had always been a fan of um, some of the older versions of Cyrano de Bergerac, the play, and I think there were some older movie versions, and he was quoted as saying, I remember just thinking it was the greatest thing I ever saw. I think it's because the character is so strong. He's like a very smart version of what, coincidentally, is popular in movies today. He's smarter than everybody else, he's quicker than everybody else, and wittier than everybody else, and he tops everybody in everything. That's what the original Cyrano is like, and this just sort of takes that vicious edge off of it and makes him a little bit more lovable. Um, Steve Martin also did, uh, I guess when he was consulting with the plastic surgeon, that one scene about getting a nose job, the picture that he holds up that he really likes is an actual picture of his real nose. Um, when he is challenged to tell the 20 nose jokes, uh, he actually ends up telling about 25, 24 or 25, because he tells about 18 or 19 and asks the crowd, how many has he told? And I think somebody yells out 14, um, and he goes on to tell, so then six more. And the one that they did delete, you said from the, the TV version of it, was the, the only one they deleted. Yeah, finally a, a man that can satisfy two women at the same time. There we go. Um, so obviously that one didn't make it through on TV. Uh, a couple other things real quick. Uh, in the scene where he's dropping the, uh, the second love letter into the mail, 
Uh, he is seen holding a copy of Fahrenheit 451, the irony of being a fireman and reading that book. Um, at one point in the movie, uh, let's see, somebody was talking to Chris about Roxanne and her last name, and he says something like, uh, her last name's kind of strange, and he says something like, isn't it like Kazansky or something like that? Uh, Kazansky was actually the last name of Val Kilmer's character Iceman in Top Gun, which also starred uh, Chris, the actor who played Chris, Rick Rossovich. Um, the names of all three of the main characters are based on their counterparts in the Cyrano de Bergerac play. Uh, C.D. is Bales is based off of Cyrano de Bergerac. Roxanne's name is Roxanne in the other play. And then Chris is a shorter form of Christian, which is the name of the person that is kind of falling in love with Roxanne in the play. Um, and then if you want to go see the, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, have you ever seen the, the Cyrano de Bergerac one with Gerard Depardieu? Yes, yes. You've seen that is one? It, um, who's, who's, the lead, who's the woman in that? Mm. I forget. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So it came out about three years uh, later, and I've seen that one Madame too. It's a really French. good. Madame LaFrench. I, yes. I don't think that just a generic Madame LaFrench. I don't think that's what they call you it could know. be. Well, if I'm wrong, then... If I'm wrong, I'll eat my phone. Okay. <laughs> That'd be weird. Oh, that would be kind of weird. Aren't you on a diet? I am. Phone part of your diet? It's There's no sugar in it. I mean, circuits, but no sugar. <laughs> so I could probably eat it. Um, let's see. Is it Anne Brochet? Yeah. Okay. That was close. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> it's Madame LaFrench. Anne Brochet. Yeah. It was close. Close enough. Okay. All right. Anyways. But, yeah, so that is a that is a good version of the story. If you've never seen it, uh, it came out in 1990. So is this the first time you saw Roxanne? No. No. Mm-hmm. This was, okay. This was actually the first time I saw Roxanne. So, really? Yeah. I had never watched it before. A lot of these movies is the first time for you. For a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these romantic comedies. I, yeah. we just, I don't know if we just didn't watch them John when they came out. John didn't believe in comedy or didn't believe in a romance. Yeah. Uh, I don't believe in love. No, that'll do it. Yeah, it's dead. It's 2017. Everything's dead. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us, everyone. It's, oh, guys, Dennis, I'm glad you were able to make it down here. Everybody have a mediocre day. Button my chip bag. Out. There you go. I, that's why I said that. <laughs> the chest hair was making me uncomfortable. <laughs> that's why Pat's not here. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, no, this was the first time I ever saw it. So what? Did, when did you see it? Close to when it came out. Or? Okay. Probably yeah, probably around when uh, when it came out. I didn't see it in the theaters, but I'm. Fairly certain within a year or two of it being released okay. is when I first saw it. What about you? Same. I'm trying to think if we saw it on a theater or not. Because we were, my parents, my dad was, you know, Steve Martin fan, but I, I'm pretty sure we saw it on DVD. I mean, we had to within whenever it came released. But no, I remember liking it as a kid. Yeah, it was. Do you still like it? Yeah. Yeah. And I was curious because you said about the, um, I was trying, I wish there was a way to see. Like on Rotten Tomatoes, like it had high, such a high critical reception, you know, 80-something and mm-hmm. Ebert and Siskel and everybody else. And I always wondered, back then was the rating higher and is the rating now from people watching it now and it starts to just accumulate and drop? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, could it have been 80% fan back then, but now because be. people watching on DVD, because of the timing of it, is that, you know, like in other words, when you watch an older film, you might already think, yeah, it's that good. Well, yeah. really, I, I always wonder about that because I was, I was surprised that the audience reception was so low. Often you see the opposite. There's a good movie that you like and people like it and the critics are like, eh, we don't like it. Like you see that. This is weird that the critics really like this one. Mm-hmm. 
And, and the audience well, so the much audience, did not well, like it. And they didn't fun. not like it. They just didn't like it as much. I mean, 60-something's not the greatest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what it would have been at that time if the audience liked it more. I think it had to be. I thought it was pretty well received and popular. That's, I mean, that's a really good question, too, because as people's tastes change yeah. and, and people that are more online savvy enough to go in and make or, or cast their, their ratings are people that probably weren't alive when mm-hmm. this movie came out. I, I jumped in real quick on the Rotten Tomatoes um, into the fan, into the audience reviews, and they have a few, uh, you can go in and you know read them all, but uh, it's based, I guess their score is based off of 47,000 reviews that have been left by audience members. And I'm looking at some of them here. Some of them give it five stars, three and a half stars. Yeah. I'm seeing a couple on here, and a couple of people that are you know pretty regular reviewers. They call them super reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes. One gave it a one and a half stars, um, and said uh, somehow I'd never gotten around to seeing this movie until now, but I guess I wasn't missing much. Rosevich is too over the top stupid to fit the tone of the rest of the film. Dialogue and directing are sloppy. The acting is pretty me- mediocre all around, and you know goes on to say that. Um, another person says, I saw this movie ages ago when I was a kid, completely forgot about it until I saw it browsing around on Netflix. It's kind of funny, kind of cute, kind of. Um, so yeah, so maybe it's people going back to it. Because that cinema score, they get, it got an A on cinema score, and that's polling people as they leave the theater. So clearly as people left the theater, at least the ones that were surveyed, they, yeah. really, they really liked it because that's a higher score for cinema score. You know, I, I want to comment on whoever made that comment about Rosovich being too... Dumb. Mm-hmm. I disagree. That, I think that was I, the I, whole point. I, yeah, that you know, here he is trading on his looks. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not too dumb. He realizes that it's that CD bad. is is has the better mind and and is the better wordsmith. So he gets him to speak on his behalf. I don't think that's dumb at all. I mm-hmm. think that's pretty smart on uh, for him to come up with that plan and somehow get CD to go with it. And I think it also helps you appreciate that CD is, is, you know, has that struggle that, no, this is the person that he wants for all the right reasons, but he knows that he's got this physical abnormality that has always gotten in his way. Well, and like the town itself, everything's a little quirky. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I I don't feel like this is meant to be a town in a overly realistic world. Like, everything's a little... I don't, very, say, I don't want to say cartoonish, but, but it's... It, it's a very pleasant. Yeah. It's a very quaint little town. Right. Everyone knows who everyone else is, mm-hmm. and you see each other walking down the street, at the diner, mm-hmm. at the bookstore, wherever. You're well, always going to bump into when somebody. He, when he has know. that initial kind of sword fight, I'm using quote fingers, sword fight with his tennis racket, yeah. with Kevin Nealon and the other guy at the beginning, yeah. it there were little sound effects. There was like a bang sound effect, and that, like stuff that yeah. wouldn't yeah. naturally come from you know whacking somebody with a tennis racket. Yeah. So from that point where I'm hearing... We could try. A little cartoon... Well, we could. I don't think I have one with me, but... Notes goes... <laughs> Oh, sorry, Dennis. Oh, Dennis was last. Dennis was last. No, you didn't. I thought so. No, you didn't. (laughs) Old man. He got caught in that. He got (laughs) caught in that button. It's not, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that happens. Um, But I I mean, I kind of, knowing that I heard those little sound effects, sound effects at the beginning of the movie when they're having that little little duel, I kind of knew from that moment on, I'm like, okay, this is not quite, it's not going to be a a, a hyper-realistic world. It's, we've got weird cartoon sound effects. Mm -hmm. So I... So 
I can suspend disbelief a little bit for some of the other stuff that I know is going to happen in this movie. So I, yeah, I don't agree either that he was over the top. But stupid. it's it's such a real because I felt like that is the tone. It's of such the movie a real is. concept though to be yeah. lost in this very fictionalized mm-hmm. world. You know, I mean, who among us hasn't at one point thought about the person that you want to be with, but you've built up so many reasons in your mind why you're just not good enough to even attempt. So I think that's a very real struggle that a lot of people have, mm-hmm. that they almost sort of, you almost sort of need that fictionalized world to help balance it out a little bit. So do you have a favorite scene in this one? He's doing. I, I mean, I don't know if there's any specific. Just when he's doing the reading and with the bush. I mean, where, you, where he's reading mm-hmm. him and he's got the, any of those are are, mm-hmm. are always good. That just that concept reminds me. I always throw back to like Easy Money, which was the um, mm-hmm. the uh, I think it was the Easy Money. Well, yeah, it was the one with uh, Rodney Dangerfield where they're sort of doing the same thing where he's talking to the daughter. And anytime mm-hmm. I get that where somebody's relaying words to somebody else and they have to repeat them, and you yeah. know they're gonna screw them up. It's just that it's always a funny thing. If it's done well, and I think or, most of the time, it or the is. one like in the trailer where he's on the, on yeah. the radio, or he's on the radio and that goes off. Yeah. I really want to tell you that the worms. There's, there's a there's a five there's a five hundred two or five twenty or whatever yeah. was it with the worms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just I was afraid of worms. Yeah, <laughs> worms, Roxanne, worms. <laughs> I do remember having not seen, and, and I knew that happened in the movie, but I will tell you that like having not seen it since I originally seen it, which is you know that many years ago, it, it's. The, the scene that I still remember before I even got to the trailer, before I got to the movie, was I do remember the tennis racket. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I remember that scene still. Mm-hmm. Like I remember him just doing it the way he was doing it. And, you know, and so that one stuck with me the longest, but I don't wouldn't say it's my favorite scene. I just always like the part where they're doing the communication issue. And Kevin, Kevin Nealon's first appearance in a feature film, too. Mm-hmm. Getting hit with the tennis racket. Getting hit with the tennis racket, yeah. <laughs> The other, the, so the other guy, and I never realized this, the other guy shows up again later in the movie. Oh, does he really? At the bar, when they get into the, you know, 20 insults thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the big guy's kind of picking on CD a little bit, and it cuts to a guy sitting at a table, and he's sort of like waving his arms in his mouth like, no, no, you don't want to oh. do this. That's <laughs> the guy that. That's the guy that CD, uh, the other guy that CD beats up with yeah, the, yeah. the nice. tennis racket earlier. In the movie, so he's yeah. like, "No, let me tell you, this is a bad idea. Yeah. You're not going to win this." <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Um, I did like that scene where they're in the yeah. bar and he's got to come up with the twenty insults and the yeah. I I, I like I like the scenes between Steve Martin and uh, Daryl Hannah mm-hmm. between CD and Roxanne, just when they're having conversation and you you see how genuine and funny and likable. CD is, and you you start to feel for him because you know that he's he's fighting this struggle of. I'm, I I I can't take the next step because I know what's going to happen. Um, and the the scene with the kid on the roof too, I thought was very very touching. Scene I did like where, that one. Yeah, you know, where you know, here's this kid struggling with his weight, and he's mm-hmm. just offering him advice, like you know, hey, you have a great sense of humor. You know, you're, you're going to get through this. It's going to be okay. Look, you want to stay up here? Yeah, go ahead and stay up Instead here. Instead of well. Yeah. Yeah. So th- those moments when CD is being very real and down to earth and very genuine, I think, really are probably the, some of the most enjoyable in the movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's any other any other scenes other than like I, I always like the ones like you said where he's he's outside and he's relaying the messages to Chris and trying to get him to trying to get to, get him to repeat. Um, I, some of the scenes just like watching the firemen uh, as inept as they were, just kind of like watching them go through. You know, they can set stuff on fire, but they can't really put the fires yeah. out. And, yeah, uh, some of those were kind of fun. The, the whole movie is so deliciously Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Like his his humor just seeps all the way throughout. And it's this, this, but it's the sweeter. I mean, and he always kind of has that in his characters, I think, to a certain degree. But there's this sweeter Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Not the you know like I'm trying to think of like a, like the Saturday Night Live days. Like yeah, he, there was a little bit of a, a different twist of some of his humor on certain films that he had, and this one like the more crazy zany. Mm-hmm. This was just the more kind of humble, sweeter. Mm-hmm. I was thinking of like the Tom Hanks moments of his career, like where yeah. where like when Tom Hanks could be like obnoxious when he's on Buzz, but like there were certain times where like I I couldn't I didn't like him really on the TV show, mm-hmm. but oh my god, then you look what he did and how he turned you know and he had this yeah. way that he played characters, and Steve Martin has that exact same ability to cross the comedy line with that. You know, where he could be the guy doing the Saturday Live, doing yeah. the King Tut, and then all of a sudden that, he could pull that off. And yeah. There's a certain charm to him. He does well, even, even in like Three Amigos, yeah. like some of it was a little more, I don't know, the humor had maybe like a, a little bit more of a bite to it. Yeah. Like it was a little more cynical, whereas mm-hmm. in this it was just, I don't, yeah. know, I don't want to call him innocent, but yeah, um, sweeter, like you said, just kind of a more charming... Yeah, like, and I've I've struggled with trying to come up with the right way to describe his writing style and, mm-hmm. and his humor style because I, I don't know exactly how to put it, but the, there's just something about it. You know, you look at a lot of the movies that he's written, Bowfinger. You know, look mm-hmm. at Bowfinger, and, and there's something very genuine about the character he created for that movie and and the comedy in that movie. There was actually an older interview with him, and I I thought I had it written down somewhere, but I don't. Um, where he said and I don't remember what year this was, he said that this was probably one of his favorite roles um, because he felt like it was one of the first times he got recognition more for being an actor than just being a, you know, stand-up comedian or a goofy mm-hmm. guy or, you know. Yeah. Which I could see. And, and you know, as much as I like Steve Martin, it took me, I think because I hadn't seen this before, the, the kind of quirky, charming humor. I, I think maybe I'm used to him being a little more cynical Mm-hmm. And sarcastic, and so starting this innocent. right, so starting this movie off, I was like, "It's a little weird. Something's a little off about this. This is not what I'm used to." But then, as you got on, I think it was probably maybe like half hour into the movie. Then finally, I was like, "No, this is good. This is good on its own merits. It's it doesn't. It's different from you know other Steve Martin movies that I've seen. But that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with it. But it did. I will. I will say it did take me a little bit." To get into the movie and realize that yeah, this is I mean, a the, bit of a different feel to it. There's a little bit more heart mm-hmm. behind this one yeah. than the likes of Three Amigos. Right. I think so. some reviews somewhere I said had it like phrased along the lines of like, if you don't like Steve Martin, watch this movie and you will. Somewhere along that line. So okay. if you didn't like some of that, like you said about mm-hmm. right, like the different cynical type of almost that that persona. Now there's a totally this is where you will you'll like him in okay. this role. And I think that I think it was true. I think it's. Pretty accurate. Have there ever been? Because I will admit, I I probably have seen more of him from his Saturday Night Live stuff, and um, you know, just a handful of his movies like Bowfinger. Some of those I haven't seen. Um, I've never seen that one. Is there another movie where that you've seen where Steve Martin is 
more of this charming character that he is in Roxanne? Or is more of it along the lines of Three Amigos, Saturday Night Live? I think more of his characters are Three Amigos. Mm -hmm. Like, they don't all have the charm that this character does. Mm -hmm. I think you can argue that this charm exists in his character from Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Is he's there, yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially towards the end. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. at the end. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, his his humor tends to be a little bit more ridiculous. Um, trying to think of other movies that draw upon Parenthood, although that wasn't a comedic role, that was a much more serious Father of the Bride, uh, maybe. Dramatic. Say, yeah, yeah, Father, Father of the Father Bride. Of the bride. Yeah, I, think, I was going to say parent, both the Parenthood, I think there's a little bit of that. It's it's a different role. It's a different yeah, mm-hmm. but but, but his, still, he's still his character does have, have that charm. That, he's got that balance, yeah. yeah. And there are scenes where you see it, and obviously not the whole movie because it's just not written into it, mm-hmm. but the way he plays that character I think is pretty, yeah. Um, I was trying to think of like L.A. story. And you know, he, he, plays a, he plays a really good straight man mm-hmm. because you look at something like Father of the Bride and his straight man really lets Martin Short's Frank uh, really just be so expressive and really over-the-top funny. Okay, um, you haven't seen it, but The Big Year, that's one that I was trying to sit there and think of it. I doubt that you guys have seen it. It's the one where they do the bit, odd group of people. Jack Black's Why are you pointing to us? Jack, Jack Black's in it. Odd group of people like us. Yeah, mm-hmm. that one. Jack Black, I know, is in it. Um, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Mm-hmm. And that one that one has a similar... It's not necessarily, again, the cute thing to see. Basically, they're all... It's a weird thing where they're going for this world record hold of, uh, of the, like the year-long bird spotting competition, so you have to see all as many. And it's actually a really good film. Like It's these three guys going and, and what the effect is on their family and how they have this obsession with mm. this. And, and then they try to like sabotage. So that's actually a good one where he's got a... a, a again, he's the, you, you feel for him in that movie, you know, and, and Owen Wilson. and it, 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 That's a good one. Mm. If you haven't seen that one, definitely see it. If you're a Steve Martin fan... John Cleese is the narrator? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, he plays the dad in the remake of Cheaper by the Cheaper by the yeah, Dozen. Yeah, I was going to mention that one too because there were two mm-hmm. of those. I think it was Cheaper by the Dozen, Cheaper by the Dozen Two. But then you have his appearance in Little Shop of Horrors. Right. Yeah, which is which is <laughs> incredibly not the charm factor that he's able to bring to these. Comfy. As we all sit here, oh, Sergeant Bilko. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was a writer on that one, which when you think about it, if you, uh, no, he wasn't. Which is, which is funny because in my, in my family, everybody has these stories about the first movie they ever went to go see with their uh, significant other. So mm-hmm. I think like Sharon's parents, their first movie they went to go see together was 2001. And I, my parents, I want to say like the first movie... I don't remember what it was, but it, it was a, like a more famous movie. Um, Sergeant Bilko was the first movie Sharon and I ever went to go see them together in the theater. <laughs> really? Like, I, I kind of wish it, not that it was a bad movie, but I'm like, I kind of wish it was a little bit more of a well-known movie than Sergeant Bilko. What about The Lonely Guy? I mean, The Lonely Guy, from what I remember, it was pretty, you know, this, there was, you know, it was a little bit of the zany stuff, but not like, mm-hmm. there was a certain sad, charming quality of that one, too. Um, yeah. Leap of Faith. Have you guys seen that one? Yeah. Mm-mm. So that, that one's 
So that one's a little bit more of the, the cynical yes, side. Yeah. The the cynical humor and the manipulative character. Grand Canyon is good. I mean, it's interesting to look at the the way the roles went. Where then I think even after like My Blue Roxanne, Heaven. Mm-hmm. yeah, he kind of jumped in. Planes, trains had this certain thing: dirty, dirty rotten scoundrels, the Parenthood, My Blue Heaven, which did you put mouthballs or stuff? That's such a great line. <laughs> uh, that whole movie is fantastic. Such a good line, no. yeah, so, so as you're looking through this list, this this will be one of my follow up questions here. What is your favorite Steve Martin movie? Uh, if you had to narrow it down to one, I don't think I could do that. I think you have to. Uh, can't you categorize like, like, it more like more straight out comedy? I mean, I think The Jerk is still always one of my favorites. Okay, so what's your favorite Steve Martin comedy, and what's your favorite Steve Martin drama? I would go with The Jerk for the comedy. Okay. For the drama, planes, trains. That's not a drama, really. I would go with. Um, I might go with the big year. Okay. I mean, I think I want to say also um, Grand Canyon, but I think because I think more drama there. Mm-hmm. But I think that I would go with probably the big year. Okay. I don't think it is got funny bits, so it, but it's not. I don't think mm-hmm. it's an all-out comedy. Comedy. Okay. I mean, it's. Well, now that you pointed that one out, now I want to go see that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's just a nice film. It's not, you know, it's yeah. not like you'd be like, oh, but it's a, it's a nice. Intro. I mean, I was, I remember like, how are we gonna like this movie about birds? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got these three in it, so how, why would they have signed up for this? Yeah. You know, you start thinking like, and then John Cleese is dirty. He's very like. So we ended up watching it, and we were pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. So, is he? I mean, because I don't feel like it's other than like maybe the Pink Panther movies. Yeah, those are um, like yeah. Yeah, I don't feel like he's been in. I mean, he hasn't been in any like really big movies in the last several years. He almost seems to me like he has gone this a similar route to Bill Murray, where Bill Murray's in some of the I don't want to say smaller, but like quirkier. Smaller movies, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of seems like Steve Martin's done the same thing. That he's still out there. I mean, still out there. He's still in movies, but it's in much. I think he's doing something like he's a very, scale. very good. From what I remember, very good banjo player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. He, had a, he, was he had a show on Broadway. Going with, mm-hmm. Yeah, he was like he wrote with, the music yes. for a Broadway musical that That's was Tony was. nominated. Yes. Yeah. So I know he's been busy with those type of things. Yeah. So we'll say I was in the uh, was in a half price books the other day, and they had a couple of his. Uh, stand-up uh, stand-up shows on vinyl and I almost one was scratched too bad I wasn't going to buy it but I almost got a couple of those um, yeah, I'm, looking yeah. at, I'm looking at his filmography and I'm trying I'm so trying, yeah what I'm would trying be yours narr- would be I'm trying your... to narrow down the comedy um, the drama for, I think for me would be Parenthood okay um, I mean that was a brilliant ensemble cast really mm-hmm. for, for that movie but I think he was Excellent in the role that he had to portray in that one. Mm-hmm. But for comedy, I, you know, The Jerk, um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Roxanne, you know, I just I, I enjoy some, um, you know, Father of the Bride. He, he, he has a, a great understanding of what his characters need mm-hmm. to portray them in the best possible way to get the most out of the movie. So I, th- I think he, you know, in all of his comedies... Mm-hmm. Most of his comedies, uh, like you guys said, Pink Panther wasn't a great effort on on his part. 
Um, well, I think in the lot, the, the Pink Panther just won that. Yeah, I just was like, why well, don't even, don't even. No, it's just a kids movie. Well, and it, it's a kids movie, but it's like you can't. Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna be able to be better than Peter Sellers. Exactly, and, and it's any, like you're anything it's like Peter already Sellers already you're, you're going in with the you know. To me, it was like the equivalent of when they were trying to redo Willy Wonka. Like, I don't care how you write it, what special effects there are, you can't replace Gene Wilder in that film. Right, Gene Gene Wilder, his performance just was you can't pass it. So everything that Johnny Depp would do, or anything that anyone would write, or the way that they would direct it, or anything. Didn't matter because you can't beat that performance. Mm-hmm. There's some performances you can't beat, and I'm thinking the Pink Panther and what, like you said, Peter Sellers did with that role. You can't beat it. Everyone will always compare you to that, no matter what. So mm-hmm. your story, it doesn't matter. And to, to anything weak will just be magnified, you know. In it, so if it's not perfect, it's still going to be blasted. Even if you did it perfectly, you're 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 still not going to be you're as not good. Pass. Right. Yeah. So it's just like why don't why they're even doing it. The fact that the two got made kind of blew my mind. There was two of those. Yeah. I was like, I have the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I think for comedies, I think I got to go. I got to go either. I'm going to break my own rules by not just picking one. Um, they got to go. Well, I think I got to go for the jerk for just straight up Steve Martin. If it's a movie that he is, he's the driving force behind the movie, then I got to go the jerk. I think the one that I will watch more often would be Three Amigos. Um, so I probably would say Three Amigos, but if it had to be one where Steve Martin was the main mm-hmm. actor, the driving force in this, then I would go with the jerk. Um, I don't know that I've really watched too many of the more dramatic, less comedic movies that he's been in. Um, I, I probably would have to take Father of the Bride and, and drag that over into the more dramatic parts of the I know it's still a comedy, but... Um, yeah, I probably would have to do that one. Because I don't know that I've seen... I really haven't seen too many of his non-comedic movies. Parenthood is worth seeing if you haven't seen that yeah, one. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's, that, it's on that my list. Have you haven't seen... No. That was a great movie. Mm-hmm. I don't just sit around and watch movies all the time. <laughs> what, do you, do you think I, what do you think I do all day? Sit around and watch movies. No, I sit around and watch TV shows. Oh. Yeah, you got 123 waiting for you. I do. That's um, depressing. <laughs> He had a smaller part in a, uh, I, was, I think it was an HBO movie called, and the band played on. Yeah, about okay. the uh, the AIDS epidemic. Yeah, yeah. it was a, a great movie. What really did he play in there? Do you remember who he was? I don't. Uh, but I, I remember on IMDb it, it says he was called. It says he was called the brother. Yeah, he, like he, he it was it wasn't a big small. role. It was yeah, just small. like maybe one or two scenes, hmm. but uh, that's. I mean, it was another great. Uh, dramatic piece for him. Hmm. Yeah, I need to go check out more of his dramatic movies because I just I have not seen. I'm looking on the list here, and I'm like Parenthood and some of those others. I just have not seen oh, a whole bunch of those. Okay. When did Parenthood come out? Um, I'm talking about that soon. Eighty nine. Couple years after this. Yeah. Um, Eighty nine. Where to go? Where to go? Eighty nine. Yeah, okay. so two more years. Um, that's the year Pat's excited for because of Batman. Batman. So, yeah, Parenthood and Batman. No, we'll just do those two. That'll be it for the year. They did like this the, the big year trailer. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't see the opening. I just know the trailer, but let's see what they Hi, I'm Steve Martin, and I loved working with my two co-stars in our new movie, The Big Year. The incredibly talented Mr. Jack Black. What's up? And, of course, the very funny Mr. Luke Wilson. Oh, 
Sorry, Luke Owen, everybody. Big fan, love it. There is going to be major fallout in a few hours. Nuclear fallout. Bird fallout. Have you ever wondered what killed your marriage to Steph in 03? First of all, I was married to Bridget in 03. January 1st, I'm out of here. You realize the phase after retirement looks a little bit like this? You quit school, you quit work. Yeah. Great talking to you. I just want to do something big, you know? We need a little adventure. I'm doing a big year. The year to do all the things we never could. No. You'd think they'd be exhausted by now. Race to the bottom. They're turning their quest. They're men, dear. If they ever stop competing, they die. Into the ultimate competition. Yeah! This is my year. I'm going to make my mark. <laughs> Can't miss the flight. There's not another one for a week. Hey! It sucks for him. <laughs> yeah. Cooking? Yeah. From the director of The Devil Wears Prada and Marley and Me. One of us has to beat this SOB. When it comes to comedy. Did you just do a victory dance? No. <laughs> Maybe. Yes, I did. Go big or go home. You bought me drinks and got what you wanted. Really? You don't want to know. Steve Martin, Jack Black, Owen Wilson. Most people wake up one day and realize they didn't do everything they wanted to do. Am I nuts, Edith? Are you asking me as a therapist or as a wife? Which one is cheaper? This is incredible, isn't it? Unless there's a freak blizzard. I shouldn't have said there's going to be a freak blizzard. I jinxed it. The big year. But it's weird because the trailer is not as like good as like what you like the movie was good like like I'm not saying that the trailer is bad I'm just saying it's interesting how they try to sell it is it gonna be more like a comedy is it gonna be more like you know yeah there's some obviously some funny parts yeah. and lines in it but there's a certain serious sort of sweetness so the trailer but the trailer plays these, it off as more of a comedy literally all three of these guys have a drama in yeah. their life like like something that this this obsession with yeah. this bird watching thing is has taken and done or do you pursue the dream do you not and at what cost and there's a little bit of that like that I remember it being and, yeah and, and something as simple as the bird watching it but then apparently there is this thing I looked up there's a thing called the big ear that people do where they huh. try to keep track of a spotting every all these different species of birds and they travel all over the place to do it and, is, that, Thank is, you that, what, is that what you're doing unmirroring here? your laptop I was getting anxiety looking at your desktop <laughs> Jesus <laughs> It's just, it's just I can't, I can't, I'm just like I need folders and organization. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and see, I get I get picked on because I have I don't put any of my emails in folders. You get picked on for but, a lot of reasons. Well, I do, but um, I don't delete any emails. I don't either. I don't delete any of my emails. They're all in. The, I know I've got like fifteen thousand emails. And Sharon looked at him one time, and her being a librarian, she looked at. It, she's like, I just can't. Don't even. I can't even, yeah, I can't even I look can't at it. Either. It gives me anxiety to. She's like, you could put them in folders. I'm like, why? Right. They're all here, and I can search them, and they're fine. And but I'm not like that insane. Where is it? Let me see that. There's what no, the? There's no rhyme or reason. No, for that. Like, it's, just, it's just like if someone took a handful of files and threw it at a computer mm -hmm. screen. That's funny too. As you then, look at something, you're like, is. what the hell is this doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> so you're having a bad day. I put red eyes in front of somebody. I don't know who it was. Uh -huh. I had to Photoshop me as I needed on my desktop. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, well, I think that's probably going to do it for us for Roxanne. Um, so next time around, let's see, what do we got? Um, you know what? Actually, probably coming up next week, 
uh, is going to be actually this is the end of our. This I was looking at end, this is the end. The uh, very end, end, my friend. Um, so this is the end of our Rising. romantic comedies. There you go. One last time. Oh, I said one, one last time. Last oh, crap. George July. Going I gotta I gotta wait until July. My sister said when she went to go see it, um, when that song was playing, there was a lady a few rows uh, in front of her that got up and like started to walk out. I don't know if she's going to the bathroom or something. And uh, I don't know if it's my sister or the person sitting next to her. They were they got it was in the song and it was the part was George Washington's going home and somebody next to her or my sister started going and so is that lady. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God, I gotta wait. So I gotta wait till July. I don't know how I'm gonna you're wait gonna, till July. You're gonna love every every mm. second of it, from mm. the moment it starts to the moment it ends. We're talking about Hamilton for those of you who are not sure. Um, oh, but that's gonna do it for Roxanne, and that's gonna do it for our romantic comedies month. So next month we're getting back into more of the movies that Pat loves. Um, so he'll probably be here for most of those. Uh, so next time around we're gonna be looking at Lethal Weapon. So I think our kind of our tentative. Uh, order for March if you want to watch these movies ahead of time coming up. Uh, we're going to be doing Lethal Weapon and then Logan, uh, Robocop, Dragnet, The Untouchables, and The Living Daylights. So if you want to watch some of those ahead of time, then you can go ahead and do that. Why do you have creepy, weird yearbook photos of yourself on your computer? I actually look more like a prison you, photo. You are <laughs> it's like a pr- prison photo. I, that's what I just said. It's like, why do you have that? I don't want to. You would yeah, all sorts of random. It's not usually images that are out here because I like need them and then I drag them. Dreaming about the days when you had hair? Hair could be okay. Okay. <laughs> hair could be anyone even man doing something as simple as reassuring his friend with a person on the show before the world had been. It's a dress. Dark Man. Uh, yeah. Or Dark Man Rises. Did you say Dark Man Rises? No, I said Dark Knight first, and then I said, no, 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 Dark Knight Rises. Dark Man Rises. We're not getting political. Yes, I thought you meant the Liam Neeson movie. Wasn't that Dark Man? What the hell is wrong with you? Why do you have all this stuff? Okay, well, we're not going to solve that problem. Someone's from the news. Uh-huh. All right, well, while Dennis works out his personal problems, which may take a while, um, we uh, you can find us on 30podcast.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook and all those other fun places. Uh, if you want to give us a rating on iTunes, please feel free to go do that. Let us know if you're liking the show. So if you want to get a hold of us and find all the other different ways that you can access the show and interact with the show, just go ahead and head over to 30podcast.com to our website, uh, and you will be able to find all those things there. And until next time, Be excellent to each other, go watch some good movies, and we will see you in March with our Crime and Punishment Month, starting off with Lethal Weapon. Bye. 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 Excuse me, is that your nose or did a bus park on your face? (laughs) Meteorological. Everybody take cover. She's going to blow. (laughs) Fashionable. You know, you could de-emphasize your nose if you wore something larger, like Wyoming. (laughs) Personal. Well, here we are. Just the three of us. Punctual. All right, Delman, your nose was on time, but you were 15 minutes late. Envious. Oh, I wish I were you. Gosh, to be able to smell your own ear. 
Naughty. Uh, pardon me, sir. Some of the ladies have asked if you wouldn't mind putting that thing away. <laughs> Philosophical. You know, it's not the size of a nose that's important. It's what's in it that matters. <laughs> Humorous. Laugh, and the world laughs with you. Sneeze, and it's goodbye, Seattle. <laughs> Commercial. Hi, I'm Earl Shive, and I can paint that nose for $39.95. <laughs> Polite. Uh, would you mind not bobbing your head? The uh, orchestra keeps changing tempo. <laughs> Melodic, everybody. He's got the whole world in his nose. Sympathetic. Oh, what happened? Did your parents lose a bet with God? <laughs> Complimentary. You must love the little birdies to give them this to perch on. <laughs> Scientific. Say, does that thing there influence the tides? <laughs> Obscure. Whew. I'd hate to see the grindstone. <laughs> well, think about it. <laughs> Inquiries. When you stop and smell the flowers, are they afraid? <laughs> French. Say, the pigs have refused to find any more truffles until you leave. <laughs> Pornographic. Finally, a man who can satisfy two women at once. <laughs> <laughs>